He puts us where we are because he's gifted us to do things within those spaces. And there's so many of us that when the gospel comes to us, it's going to someone else. And that someone else is really right there in our sphere of influence. So it was energizing and it was exciting. And in a time when people are saying, where is God in the midst of it? I can assure you, he is actively moving and mobilizing his people. Welcome to 10 Talent Leader Talk on Forbes Books Radio, where Christian business leaders share wisdom and inspiring stories of God at work in their lives, with their families, in the companies they run, and in the lives of those they employ. And here is your host, Michael Seip, number one best-selling author of The Avada Principle and founder of 10X Catalyst Groups at 10xgroups.com. This is Michael Seip, and I'll be your host today for 10 Talent Leader Talk. My guest today is Tammy Heim. Tammy has been the president and CEO of Christian Leadership Alliance, headquartered in San Clemente, California, since January 2012. Her professional career includes executive leadership experience in the technology, marketing, publishing, and retail industries. She served as a partner in the A Group, Brand Development, Executive Vice President and Chief Publishing Officer for Thomas Nelson Publishers, and as the president of Borders, Inc. After graduating from Purdue University, she entered the management training program at Federated Department Stores and continued to serve in various leadership roles until she left in 1996. At the time of her departure, she was responsible for the operations of both the Lazarus and Goldsmiths chains. Tammy was certified in for-profit board governance through the Kellogg School of Management at Northwestern University. Her nonprofit board experience includes serving on the boards of Equip, Lead Like Jesus, Christian Alliance for Orphans, Growing Leaders, Christianity Today, and Christian Leadership Alliance. She completed the Christian Credential Nonprofit Leader Program in 2013 and now facilitates the leadership course for the Alliance. Tammy and her husband, Dale, are actively involved in ministry at Long Hollow Baptist Church. Since 2010, they've been leading mission trips to Haiti to love and disciple orphans. They also serve and lead in a variety of other ministries through their church. As I mentioned, Tammy's the president and CEO of Christian Leadership Alliance, which is an alliance of Christian leaders who represent over 1,200 nonprofit ministries, churches, educational institutions, and businesses. You can find out more about the work Tammy and her team are doing at christianleadershipalliance.org. That's christianleadershipalliance.org. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this organization today. So, Tammy, welcome to the show. Well, thanks, Michael. I am so excited to be with you today. Thanks for inviting me. You bet. As I consider your career, the diversity of experiences you've had are really interesting. So would you mind giving us just a little more background on your business and your nonprofit career? Sure, Michael, though I think you did a great job in the introduction. Um, I spent most of my life uh, serving in for-profit organizations And when I look back on all of that, I think it was all just part of God equipping me for the things that I'm doing now. So I uh, spent the first 15 years in retailing, specifically in department store retailing. And during that time, um, well, first of all, I was saved after I graduated college. So I walked into that as a new creature, into that, into my professional life. And in those 15 years, I learned so much about leading people, federated department stores had amazing leadership development. And I learned a lot about people's needs and how do you assess them and how do you relate to them and how do you overcome objections and how do you 
really try to take care of customers. Then I moved into the book industry. And it was interesting because all of those retail things still apply. But what was different is all of a sudden you were selling products that had an emotive quality to them. I mean, think about it. Every time you hear music, it takes you back somewhere. When you read a book, it may change your life forever. And then how many of us have at least one movie where we could almost recite every line of the movie, right? And in that, I could just see the transforming power of media on lives of people. And how do you create different kinds of experiences around that? And then when I went into book publishing, it was as if all the things that I had learned, both in retail, um, in the department store industry, and then in the book industry, now all of a sudden, I was on the content creation side of the wheel. And the content that was being creative, created was life-changing. So we are now talking about words and music and video and things that would change the destiny of someone's life for eternity. And all of that seemed to be equipping me, again, for what happened today. When I left publishing, then I went into technology. And I think that's where I got my groove going. Um, Because the world was rapidly changing and obviously impacting all of those words, all of those um, different worlds that I was where I was serving. And in that, Um, I just had the realization at the time that we're in, the power of our words, our presence, and just the difference um, we can make broadcasting a message and making it known. So that, after that period, then I was just convinced that I wasn't born to consult and that God had something else. And then three nonprofit doors opened for me. And two of the organizations I could have totally loved and supported the cause. But when I went to Christian Leadership Alliance, I realized the idea of strengthening the business of ministry so that they were in a position to do more good work. And everything that I had learned before that and the industries that I had served in would, this is just what I was called to do. So it seems diverse, but as I look backwards, it was very God-ordered. Well, I want to um, put a placeholder on this um, this issue of business and ministry for a second. But before we um, before we get to there, let me let me just pause for a second and uh, let's learn more about Christian Leadership Alliance. Uh, it's an amazing organization, but frankly, until we met, I hadn't heard anything about it, and uh, and perhaps that's the case for some of our listeners today as well. So, what exactly is Christian Leadership Alliance? Who does it serve, and uh, you know, kind of what do you um, see its mission to be? Well, Mike, don't feel bad about not knowing about Christian Leadership Alliance because I didn't either until I actually heard about them and was asked to interview for this position. So it's been um, a well-kept secret, which I'm hoping that um, we're going to be able to change in short order. (laughs) We'll do that Uh, today. (laughs) That's right. But I love talking about the Alliance and it's almost as good as sharing um, pictures of my grandkids. So with that, I'll I'll jump into it. So Christian Leadership Alliance is a community, and as you mentioned in the introduction, it consists of leaders who represent uh, 1,200 organizations. And um, in that community, you see a mix of Christian nonprofits, church leaders, educational institutions, and then some businesses, primarily service providers that are dedicated to helping equip ministries. Um, 
Those in the alliance are primarily U.S.-based. But here's the thing. They have this sizable global reach, and many of them are counted among the most influential in the world. And think of organizations like the Salvation Army or World Vision, the Navigators, Crew, Compassion, and you kind of get a sense of the types of ministries that are part of the alliance. Um, it started back um, in 1976, and there was this group of 20 leaders who met together, and they came together for the first time in a little meeting room inside the old Roger Young Auditorium in Los Angeles, which doesn't even exist today. And what they did is they were freely sharing their best practices, and they had this strong conviction that if they would work together, they would have overall a greater kingdom impact. And, you know, they didn't know at the time that they were coming together that they were actually igniting something that 40 years later would be known as Christian Leadership Alliance. So over 40 years, the organization um, has transformed um, leaders um, based on biblically-based resources, experiences, and the enriching collaboration that takes place when you bring together like-minded Christians. And I know that you can relate to that, um, Michael, because of some of the work you do with peer advisory groups. So the success of the Alliance for all these decades is really just a testimony to the Christian men and women who have invested this wealth of experience and knowledge um, in other leaders um, so so that the things that they've learned can continue on. Um, last year, just fast, quick factoid, last year, this alliance community produced and released over 1.2 million verifiable equipping encounters, and those encounters influenced the thinking, behavior, and development of over 150,000 Christian leaders in the U.S. and abroad. Wow. So, so give me just a, a couple, of, a little bit more uh, idea about the issues that that um, get addressed between these leaders? Like, what are the types of things that, that you talk about? Well, we mentioned it briefly, but um, all of these 40 years, the focus has been on the business of ministry and coming together and understanding what does it look to be a servant leader who faithfully, ser- who faithfully stewards all the resources that God provides them. And our professional development, which is really at the heart of what we do, um, focuses on eight disciplines, and they fall into three major categories. And as a savvy business leader, I know that, you know, this is going to make perfect sense to you. Um, The first major category is leadership. And under that, we talk about executive leadership and board governance. So this is the high-level thinking on strategy and some of the core basic skills that really sit at the desk of the CEO, the executive director, and the board. The second major category is stewardship. And in that, you get finance, tax and legal, and HR. And this is the category where you're looking at, well, these are the finances, and these are the people. How do we manage them well? And how do we do it in accordance so that we can always be completely um, transparent and abiding by, you know, whatever government, tax, legal um, obligations that we have. And then the third super category is relationship. And that includes resource development, which is like fundraising, um, communication, marketing, and then IT. And those are all the tools that are necessary um, for 
these organizations to form this emotional and intellectual connection between their organization and those that might have a heart to be a champion and invest in them. So eight categories, three super categories, and it's really just the fundamentals of operating the business of the organizations. So people can find out about you at christianleadershipalliance.org, but if you were to profile who would be an ideal candidate to be part of the alliance, what are some characteristics of a great member? Well, again, primarily what we'll see are the leaders in ministries that are responsible for administration and operations of the organization. So uh, we have CEOs, executive directors, we have the chief financial officers, the people that oversee HR. Um, in nonprofit space, a lot of times that will be the chief development officer, um, the marketing officer. So it's the, the senior part of the organization. And then we also drop down to like that next level of leadership and management within the organization. Um, so we, we're helping them understand how do they serve because we know when you impact the leader, then it'll ripple through the entire organization. And first of all, it's important to be a Christian leader because we're doing this based on biblical principle. Um, I would say the first conversation is to nonprofits, but churches and educational institutions, I mean, they immediately connect. And while we may not always use their exact language, they're smart people, and they can trans transfer that and make it applicable into their organizations. Got it. Uh, and that leadership piece is so important. Yes. Um, one of the things that you do is is tune up yourself in terms of leadership. And recently, recently when we talked, you mentioned that you had um, had a chance to attend the Global Workplace Forum in 2019. And I was really interested to learn about that. And I thought maybe you could share a little bit about the forum and your experiences there and maybe some of the observations and things you learned from attending. Well, first of all, I just want to say that was an incredible honor um, to be among the 750 that made the trip to uh, Manila for the, the global workforce gathering. And the thing that I was so impressed with is I could see the global awakening of businesses ministry. And there was a lot of conversation. And in some ways, you know, there may have been a little bit of preaching to the choir because obviously the delegates that came together already had a sense of this and were embracing it. But there was a lot of discussion around that. And I think what was, um, if I had to say what was so special about the experience is every morning we were assigned to a table and then we kind of traveled the whole experience with this group. So I was able to connect with le a leader from Sri Lanka, from Australia, from Dublin, from Manila, from Zimbabwe. And we were all um, put together because we all within our countries are working on leadership development. So we got to share our perspectives and how we were approaching it in our countries and then processing um, the information and the messages that were coming from the main stage. I'm so excited, Michael, because I've just been invited to be on the advisory board for Lausanne around this topic. Um, and so we're going to be digging in and looking at what are the resources and the things that we need to be able to pro uh, prepare for different people so they can deep 
compartmentalize their faith, you know, and that really have an understanding that this is who I am in Christ. And it's no matter where I am, I'm on mission. And so it's really flipping the thinking and talking about being whole in your identity in Christ. Um, So I'm excited to get to work on helping to prepare some of those resources But I would say it's stunning to see how God is moving and he's just awakening people, not only in the business, but in all seven mountains. Um, You know, we, he puts us where we are because he's gifted us to do things within those spaces. And there's so many of us that when the gospel comes to us, it's going to someone else and that someone else is really right there in our sphere of influence. So it was energizing and it was exciting. And in a time when people are saying, where is God in the midst of it? I can assure you, he is actively moving and mobilizing his people. You used a phrase that, that um, is very familiar to me, but maybe not so much to everyone. And that's the seven mountains. I wonder if you could just touch on, on those. Some people call them spheres. Some people call them mountains. Some people call them... Pillars. <laughs> Pillars. Uh, but, but, you know, give us an idea about that just so people understand that reference because it's so important to what you had to say. Well, when you look at the world, each mountain pillar um, sphere just represents areas of influence that are really shaping global culture. So obviously business is a part of that. Religion is a part of that. There's education, there's media, and there's the arts. Um there's, um, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm sitting here, I'm doing inventory. There's government. I mean, most certainly government and the things that, um, the laws and the legislation that is taking place. And then. Like and don't that. forget about family because you got your and grandkids, family, right? Yeah. That's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Family is one of those mountains. So again, I think it broadens the scope because all of us can identify with being placed in one of those, Right. And so it challenges us to think, all right, if I'm a Christian and this is where God has planted me, you know, how do I bloom? You know, how do I influence the thinking and the behavior and the development of those around us? And how do my words and action um, accomplish, you know, the task at hand, but also bring people closer to an understanding or knowledge of Jesus Christ? Well, you're in a really unique position. I can see why you got selected to be on the advisory board because at, uh, at the helm of Christian Leadership Alliance, you have a really unusual and very broad perspective on leadership across the faith community. So what are some of the things that you're seeing as issues and opportunities for the faith community in general? And then I want to ask you about uh, specifically about the, the current turbulent season we're in, but just in general, what are couple of issues or opportunities that you see for the faith community um, in the United States and around the world, because you're working on this globally. Well, I, I think especially since COVID has hit and everyone has moved to new ways of communicating and connecting, I think the fact is, is that we live in a time where um, there's high exposure that exposes right? Um, So news is consumed differently. Um, Anyone can have a voice, um, can speak into anything that's happening in the world. So, you know, that's challenging, but it's also an opportunity. And what we see happening in this space is it's also um, a time when people can be gripped 
and, you know, fall into a stronghold with fear or pride. And so I think as Christians, we just have to be so aware, so prayerful. We have to be grounded in God's word and be careful not to put people on pedestals and be looking to other kinds of leaders um, in the times, especially when we need to be really just looking to God. Now, again, the opportunity is light can be shined on good works, right? And God can receive great credit for that. And it also can uh, shine light on our brokenness. And so I think we have to be really careful as that light shines on things that are good. Christians really need to be aware that we can't take any of the glory away from God. And sometimes what happens is when you get attention and there's a spotlight and it feels good, the light is warm. And if we're not careful, we can find ourselves at the center of it instead of God. And then we become really vulnerable at breaking down and losing the opportunity to do the good that he's created us to do. Um, I think there's a real battle between being an owner leader and being a steward leader. And, you know, an owner leader um, wants control, is self-reliant, and, you know, is in bondage because their identity is in what they do. And again, because everything is so public, um, that's a huge temptation. But I really believe God calls us to be steward leaders, to recognize that he's sovereign and that he's the one that provides and he's the one that directs the outcomes. And so as Christians in this time, we have a great opportunity to show what it looks like to surrender, to trust God and to operate in great freedom in doing that. So yeah, it's just a, it's just an interesting time and, oh, we have to so guard our hearts in it. I mean, I love, um, the theme of our conference was transform, interestingly enough, in a time like this. And we were focused on Romans 12, one and two. And I meditated on that verse all year. And, you know, the idea of becoming a living sacrifice every day, you know, as an act of worship and as a point of service, guarding our heart and from the things in the world, not being influenced by them, renewing our mind so that we can know God's will. And when we think back in history, there's only one person that walked this earth that ever was perfectly centered to the will. So as leaders, understanding Jesus as a role model, as a leader, his habits, the things that he did so that he was centered. Because I can't think of any greater gift we can give as a leader right now, especially in the midst of everything that's going on, than to be leading perfectly aligned with the Father. So we have an extraordinary opportunity right now. We do. So let's dig in for just a second because we are, I mean, we're, we're talking here right in the, in the middle of the fire here with, uh, yes. with everything that's going on with, uh, with uh, COVID and the lockdowns and racial tensions and social unrest and economic depression. And uh, we could probably come up with about six or eight other uh, little minor things that are happening right now. But what I'm interested in is as you look across the spectrum of leaders that you serve, um, what are some of the things that you're you're seeing um, going on for them and in the organizations that they work with? Well, so many of them 
um, well, there, there's different activities, there's different ministries, there's different, different gifting in all of them. But I would say the thing that's universal is that they are looking to meet someone at a point of great need to find a way to bring healing to whatever that brokenness looks like. And then in that moment, also be able to present eternal truth and hope. So when things are spiraling out of control out of this, there's just even a greater opportunity, right? For people to know and meet Jesus. And I, I believe that within the Alliance, we have people that can be extraordinary peacemakers, that they can be agents of reconciliation, um, and that they can bring healing. I, I, I really believe that it will be the nonprofits in the end that will um, be picking up the pieces of so many of the things that are transpiring right now in our world. And so for some of them, that's, that's what they do best. And, you know, they're rising and they're on the front line and um, they're doing so many good works. But I would say overall, um, if you're a nonprofit and maybe your frontline duty isn't clearly needed in this moment, that um, it's challenging and it's stretching their resources and um, the other kinds of good works that they're doing. Um, so all of them are exercising wise leadership and many are going to be called to do less with less. And so they're setting priorities, they're seeking God, but I think at the heart of it, we're going to see uh, Christian nonprofits really being God's soothing balm um, in the midst of everything that's going on. Wow, what a great uh, what a great image that is, God's soothing balm. Well, God's clearly at work, uh, even in or maybe especially because of the the difficult times that we're in, you've got to have plenty of God stories. Can you, can you just, just share a couple of the inspiring things that you see God doing through and among CLA members now? Well, here's one that kind of speaks to what God even do, did through this alliance, through this community. Um, I mentioned before, you know, we were scheduled to have a live event in April. And by March 12th, we were doing the emergency procedures with a hotel which was quite daunting, right? And we were in a city that had no um, reported cases of COVID, but by that afternoon, you know, the, the local government had decided groups under 500 can no longer event, could no longer meet. And in that minute, in that minute, Michael, I thought, oh my goodness, this is the end of Christian Leadership Alliance. Because we were just at that point where, you know, you have sunk costs and there's no recovery. There's no way back. And I thought, oh, my goodness, Lord, really? Are we going to be a, a victim of the coronavirus? And then God showed up in this amazing way in that we had a five-year strategy to build out a platform that would enable us by 2024 to equip a million leaders every year on the areas that we cover based on you know biblical principles. And so I had been in all of these tech meetings for two years. And it just so happened that one of the organizations that I work with, they called me on that very day, Michael, and Hmm. said, hey, we thought that uh, we just checked and you guys are doing your conference. And I said, well, no, we're going to cancel it, but I have to get through some legal things first in order for that to be. And they said, well, I was just in a meeting and our leadership said that if we knew a nonprofit that was going to have to cancel a conference or something, we would gift them our platform. 
Now, Michael, this was the platform that I was aching for, you know, in the plan. (laughs) And then it became real. But here's the story. So God delays the conference. The theme of the conference is transform. And then the platform comes available before I even know how to pray. We know nothing about it. And then I have to mobilize over 200 leaders to make a flip in the middle of all of this escalating. And I had to say, all right, now I need you to do your workshop. We're going to a digital format. And I didn't even know what I was asking fully of them (laughs) because we were being trained on the platform and God showed up and we were able to turn that around three weeks after we received the content. And here's the thing. We have trained more people on that platform. And in fact, it's still open three times what we would have if we'd done a live event. And after the first 15 days, the content on it had been downloaded over 20,000 times. Wow. So God, so it was like God said, no, we're not going to have that event in Holy Week. We're going to put it in the middle of this at a time when leaders are really going to be figuring out some really difficult stuff. And it just so happens it'll be on demand until July 25th. So when we see God moving, and everybody has a thousand God stories like that, but I'm so amazed, and I'm amazed of the, about the community. Um, there's something about, we know the human spirit, right? When there's disaster, I mean, people rally and people do something, but there's really something that happens when that human spirit is infused with the Holy Spirit. Wow. And you just see people doing the unthinkable and coming together in ways that you could just see God's hand and his redemptive story all over it. So um, I just feel like I'm behind the boat and I'm holding on and I just, you know, God is moving so fast. I'm like, Lord, just help me keep up with you today. And there's been things that have happened since that, that I thought might be, you know, in the next three to five years and God's saying, no, now, now. So he, he is, he is so all over all of this. We just have to be willing and trust him um, as, as the story unfolds. That is so good. Listen, as we wrap up today, um, uh, I don't know if you can top what you just said, but uh, um, if you'd be willing to share a life verse or some foundational element of your faith that guides your life and work, I think that would be an awesome way for us to finish up today. Well, sure. Um, I grew up very determined, very planned. I'm sure, you know, like an A on steroids, right? And a lot of it was driven because I wanted to provide a different life for my future family than my parents could. And my, my, my parents were loving people, but they had very little. And so I was determined to go to school and college, and I had all of these grand plans. And then my senior year, oh my, all of a sudden the Holy Spirit decides to woo me then. I go, I buy a Bible, and I'm reading scripture. And the day after I make the decision, I don't want my plan, I want God's plan. And at that time, the life verse for me was God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to my eyes. And literally, 24 hours after I said yes to Jesus, every single plan that I had masterfully crafted throughout all my life until that point in time, he erased and he started over. And so this was such an important for, you know, I I think of what my own ambition would have done to me. Um, 
that, that, that it just would have brought me to a place of death and God gave me life. But now that I'm older, I still go back to that verse all the time because I just love it. And he's still rewriting the book of my heart each and every day. But I go to Romans 4, 20 through 22, and it's where Paul's talking about Abraham. And he mentions he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised, he would also perform. And therefore it was accounted to him as righteousness. And for me in this moment in time, you know, Abraham, I had to wait a long time, right? To see the promises of God. But this idea of regardless of where we are, will we, will we not waver in unbelief? And will we use this time, this crisis that we're in, this, this, this challenge, this trial that is spoken of often in scripture, and will we choose to give glory to God in the midst of it? And will we stand fully convinced? And so every day when I am in the middle of something and I think, this is too hard, or how's this ever going to happen? I just think, Lord, give me the strength. I want to stand fully convinced and praise you in all things. So I go to that verse all the time, Michael. I want to be counted as one who is fully convinced in the God I serve. Sign me up for that too. I sure have enjoyed our time together today. You know, one of the key takeaways that I'm, I'm pondering uh, as we wrap up here is the, uh, is the idea of the human spirit and the Holy Spirit, because, you know, there's such a huge tendency right now with the challenges to, um, to start doing something. We see the, the knee-jerk reactions across mm-hmm. the country. There's a problem and we just have to jump into something and we can, you know, we can try and solve it, you know, and people argue for the resilience of the human spirit and how we're going to triumph uh, um, through the resilience of the human spirit and the innovation of the human mind and all of that, which is all true, but, but not there, (laughs) not, not all the way true. And so the, uh, the issue of coupling the human spirit of us made in the image of God with the Holy spirit you know, all of this stuff can get resolved. And that's the place it seems to me for the church in this time in terms of leadership is how do we actually connect the Holy Spirit to the human spirit? So I'm going to ponder that for a while because that's just really, really an awesome concept out of our talk. Uh, thanks very much for being on the show today. I just, I love talking to you. I wish we had more time, but it's uh, it's so fun every time we uh, get together. And I'm just really grateful for you um, taking the time to be on the show. Well, thanks. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to share um, the testimony of what God is doing. I mean, he is, he is so alive and he is in the process of transforming and just doing even greater things. And you mentioned the Holy Spirit. He promises us. that we will be able to do even greater things because he is with us. My guest today has been Tammy Heim, president and CEO of Christian Leadership Alliance. And what an awesome discussion this has been. You can find out more about CLA at christianleadershipalliance.org. christianleadershipalliance.org. Thanks for tuning in today. Thank you for listening to the 10 Talent Leader Talk on Forbes Books Radio. To find out more about 10X Catalyst Groups, go to 10xgroups.com. To get your own copy of Michael Sipes' best-selling book, The Avada Principle, go to 10xgroups.com or amazon.com.